Let's get ready to jerk the curtain! Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. See you later, Mr. Sacco. What it is is what it is. Rest in peace. Is the best there was or the best there ever will be. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Jerk the Curtain podcast, a rush of madness and mania. This is your host with the most, TJ Bowser, and joining me as always is my tag team partner, the Mid-South Maniac, Corey Kaufman. What's going on, guys? <laughs> you could do better than that. Come on, come on, Corey. I, I don't know what you want me to do, yeah, bro. You know. <laughs> so, how was your week, Kaufman? Man, it was weird. It's weird that, what is today, Saturday? Saturday. Like, yeah, dude, it, I don't know. It doesn't even feel like Saturday. It feels like a weird like Sunday part two. Um, Sunday. No, just <laughs> just being off uh, since like later in the half Wednesday. I had some family, you know, had my mom and her husband show up. Um, had a great time. Shot off a lot of fireworks. I still got all 10 digits left. So that's cool. Um, didn't blow my hands off or face. or That's you know, always still, a plus. Yeah, still have no hair. So I didn't have to worry about my hair catching on fire. Uh, <laughs> Must hey, but the mustache still totally intact. Yeesh. Plus for that, um, no nah, man. And then uh, my son wanted to go stay with uh, some family in Illinois for a couple of weeks, so it's going to be interesting to figure out what it's like to have a life <laughs> for a couple of weeks without a kid because it's been way. I don't know. I don't know what it's like. So um, no, it's it's been it's been treating me real well, man. How's yours? Pretty good. Uh, pumping out podcasts as I normally do. Pumping uh, them out. Pumping them out. Working on the network, getting guests lined up, getting us to premieres, stuff like that. Set up a new uh, horror display in my living room today. Uh, Uh-oh. We'll post later. Uh, yeah, just uh, <laughs> just chilling. Sure, sure. Chilling and killing. Killing. Uh, oh, having a man. good time. Man, I like it. So uh, what do we got today? It's time to... Uh, Get the show on the road. Time to jerk that curtain. Yeah, jerk the curtain. Come on, jerk offs, jerk it with us. Uh, what what is the match today? Oh boy, today's. Uh, let's see, man. Back what? Okay, June twenty seventh, nineteen ninety five. Oh, this was actually a, it was on TV. It was kind of a house show of sorts, but it was a barbed wire match for the ECW World Title against Sandman Ooh. with. His manager at the time, I don't have a name for. That's too bad. Uh, versus Cactus Jack, uh, one of those one of those strong ECW rivalries, rival rivalries, rivalries, rivalries. Yes, rivalries. So uh, yeah, dude, ninety five. So shoot, let me think. I was maybe seven and a half. So oh, yes. My. Back in the day, the TJ, were you born yet? I forgot. I keep forgetting how yes, old. Yes, I would be two years old. <laughs> so you remember this very well. Yes. Bottle in hand. Vivid memories. All. <laughs> Watching this match. What's the match date? Did you say the match date? 
June 27th, 1995. Wow. So this was on an ECW house show, like you said, and it was for the ECW World Heavyweight title, and it was a motherfucking barbed wire rope match. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. And it, it, oh, they really highlighted the fact and used that barbed wire. Uh, <laughs> like, the whole match like the just whole match. Uh, revolves around that shit. I don't know. It's just I don't know how how long at the time these have been out. These guys, of course, it wasn't their first rodeo with this. I think I think that year uh, with ECW, they probably done in the span of between June and July, probably did about 13 of these matches between house shows, uh, a pay-per-view uh, title, non-title, you know. So um, <laughs> it was uh, I would say it was pretty interesting. So. So honestly, I mean, that's just, yeah, barbed wire matches is a thing for those guys like every freaking week, probably every three or four days, depending on the show. Yeah. So kudos to those guys for tearing their shit up. <laughs> so we can't say that the entrances were hyped because they didn't show them once again. But ECW uh, entrances weren't really like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> unless it was Sandman. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, but, you know, coming out with what? cigarettes and a beer and a kendo stick and uh but i guess i mean what was his deal at the time because i never seen a guy ever wear those kind of pants oh i mean it's a rex kwando thing i don't think we'll ever understand uh (laughs) i mean i just was like that's where he got it from i mean that's exactly what he looks like with a a blonde kind of mulletish crew cut (laughs) He's the knockoff Stone Cold of ECW. Uh, let's uh, be it's like it's like if if w, early WCW Sting and Stone Cold and yeah yeah just mix those guys and I mean basically it's just my name is Rex. What's your name? Oh, let's go with Rex. No, uh, Sam. But yeah, I mean super patriotic. I mean I guess you know these colors don't run, but when I get raped with barbed wire in my face, that runs. Whatever. <laughs> So. Did the match have good flow? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> it, ended, it ended twice. Because <laughs> uh, it's fucking ECW and nothing could be okay, like simple and okay. Everything has to be like, is it really over though? <laughs> oh, man. I I don't know. It's something about ECW matches like this, man. Nothing ever flowed. It was such a... I mean, people watched it for the hardcore, but it was a cluster, like easily. Those yeah. matches... There is no flow to him. It's stop, go, Pennzoil. It's just, I don't know what's going on half the time. It's just kind of like beginning end. But it was, you know, yeah, you get hung up in the barbed wire. That'll that'll stop you for a little bit. So, Okay. Uh, was the match believable? Uh, I think it was really good. Uh, the, maybe some of the stuff was a little over the top. I'm not sure. Uh, but then again, it is ECW, and it's the, the gritty uh, entertainment uh like you know what i'm talking about yeah i mean no it was <clears throat> in terms of believability yeah i mean because with these two guys especially mick foley i mean he he wanted to take shots to the head i mean it wasn't like trying to sell a nice kick to the face or whatever it was like no go ahead and go ahead and swift kick him right in the mouth and that's exactly <laughs> <what happened. laughs> especially especially like suplexed him onto the barbed wire onto the side of this shitty ring I'm like, you know that hurt. I don't care what that barbed wire is made out of at the time. But I mean, and then the only thing that kind of caught me off guard was uh, I still don't know if Sam had ever connected with that running foot stomp <laughs> off the ring. I right? was like, okay, 
That was, I was like, it just looked like he was doing a power oh, stomp. And, and the, uh, the crowd didn't react to it. No, they didn't. I think because they missed. Yeah, <laughs> they knew it. They called the bullshit as soon as it happened. Uh, like, what, what was that? Was that your superhero like you know, fall? Is that is that what that was? Favorite moment of the match. Uh, Corey, you, you answer yours and I'll tell you mine. Well, it was the first time it ended. I was kind of like, cool. Yeah, and uh, that was my favorite until I found out that we weren't done yet. Yeah, uh, but I'm gonna go with the first ending of the match. <laughs> it's my favorite part. I like uh, how like they throw McFoley through the fucking barbed wire ropes, <laughs> and then they're like, "Yep, match is over." Uh, <laughs> and like he's getting his ass beat the entire fucking match. I mean, he's just taking hit after hit after hit. And Sandman's not nearly getting the fucking punishment that old Mick Foley is there. Uh, bang, bang. Uh, man. <laughs> Cact- I mean. Cactus Jack is just a, is like takes that mankind thing and just takes it to the extreme. I mean, he is always going to be the hardcore superstar. Uh, and that is rightfully earned through all of oh, his yeah. monikers, <laughs> whether that be Mick Foley, dude, love Cactus Jack. Am I missing? Or mankind. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the many faces of Foley. Uh, but nice yeah, promo there. My favorite uh, moment. Yeah, that was the him getting thrown through and they'd be like, yep, it's <laughs> over now. It's done. Shittiest <laughs> moment of the match for me would be he's, the, the guy. He's unresponsive. <laughs> yeah. The shittiest moment whenever they were like, the match still goes on. I make rules <laughs> like you just did a screw job in 95 to make Foley <laughs> with Sandman. Well, I, I, didn't, I didn't understand <laughs> it anyways because think about it. it so it was a, it was a count out right yeah okay so the ti- technically across the board i thought titles could never switch hands on a count out anyways but then the guy's like the match continues you know so yeah it's, I, it's strange i don't know what they were trying to cause there it just confused me and, i was like okay and for our next question is the finisher count nobody used a fucking finisher I don't. Yeah. There was, <laughs> what the hell was Cactus did. Jack's finisher at the time anyway? A DDT. It was still the double arm DDT, as yeah. far as I as far as I know. And what's Sandman's? Dude, he had a few at the time. Did, uh, didn't he do a? No, he didn't do a Swanton. No, <laughs> that's that was Mr. Kennedy. Right, Mr. but like. Kennedy! Wow, man, that's okay. We'll save that for the next episode. Um, <laughs> I don't, you know, it's weird because, like, I don't remember watching it ever too much, knowing what his stuff was. Yeah. Uh, I so I can't answer that because I wish I wish I knew, but I, in any case, I don't think he, uh, whatever it was, I don't think he used it. But um, no, he never had a finisher. His is technically his finisher is just fucking hitting people with foreign objects. Well, I was going to say, like, I know he's always known to hit people in the throat, like with the kendo stick. Yeah, I think that's but, his finisher. So we can't really. But say. actually, no, actually, you know what? Yeah, I take that back. I mean, he had a lot of signature, like, remember, signature moves like um, yeah. Bulldog, DDT, Flapjack. Uh, I think he did a super hurricane on him, but he's a big dude. Yeah. Um, or a rapid kendo stick he did shots. A senton my bomb, usually now, on an opponent placed over a ladder or table. <laughs> so that's why I thought he did a swanton bomb. 
Well, there was, it's weird because most of this I remember from like early wrestling days where they would have, you know, signature move sets you could put on yeah. your, your wrestlers or alternate them. But like, I think a secondary finisher is a thing called the Rolling Rock, which is a Centon. He has bomb. something called the Bitch and Leg Drop as well. Also, <laughs> in the, the White Russian Leg Sweep. The right, yeah, there's the White Russian, Russian Leg, leg sweep, sweep with the kendo stick across the opponent's throat. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> It's better to have, yeah, better to have a uh, Peaches was one that girl named after an alcoholic drink. Yes, was that girl that was with him named Peaches? Oh, dude, I don't know because like everywhere you ever looked at it, it just said like female or girl or something. And then, oh, woman! There's literally a girl named Woman. woman. <laughs> <laughs> Get over here, woman! You know that's that's about <laughs> the end of it. So, uh, <coughs> was there any blood? I mean, it was. I don't think you can watch an ECW match without blood at this point in ECW. Uh, they were they were bleeding pretty well. Yeah, they were really had to top WCW and WWF at the time, and the only way to do that is to go crazier than the Attitude Era at the time, which is running rampant with uh, The Rock and Stone Cold. Correct at this point. Uh, correct. Yes. yes. So to top that madness, you have to have barbed wire rope matches. You have to have fucking Mick Foley dressed up as Cactus Jack, putting his body through fucking hell. You need to have patriotic beer drinking Sandman fucking coming through the cloud with a crowd with a uh, kendo stick, fucking throwing beer everywhere and smoking a cigarette. Like you need to do this. You need to be over the top and dramatic. And well, and that's just what they were known for, man. Yeah. They knew they had to bring a product to the table that wasn't currently being uh, pursued by the other companies. And 95, I mean, actually 95 was kind of like pre, uh, what do you want to call it? Kind of in WBF, that was like pre Austin, uh, you know, pre the rock. It was more like Rocky Maya via, you know, and oh, okay. they, that that's that whole transition in WCW where WCW was bringing all the bigger names in the Hogan's and the macho man's and, so 95 was a pretty big transition, I think, for the other ones. But, you know, ECW is like, look, we just got to sell it that we're just total. Oh, that's right. Uh, so Stone Cold didn't debut till 96. Right. So who was the big stars in 95? In, in what? Either WWF. one? WWF. Um, oh, WWF. Well, I mean, Undertaker was there, obviously. Uh Man, uh, let's see. Bret Hart, um, I, you know, that was right before, you know, Diesel and Razor Moan jump ship. So the Attitude Era um, really hasn't started yet then? No, I, I was – the Attitude Era, they say that the Attitude Era really didn't hit till Stone Cold, uh, you know, totally embodied his character. Yeah. So um, – but you got to think, I mean <laughs> – I thought it was earlier than that for some reason. I no, I mean, like, yeah, like, you still had King Kong Bundy. You said like uh, Irwin, you know, R. Scheister at IRS, uh, Undertaker, Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh, Shawn Michaels was getting more into his. When did DX start? Dude, DX didn't start till after, well, yeah. after uh, Stone Cold got established. Um, that's true. You're right. And that's, you know, that was after Triple H went from being some type of prude from overseas to <laughs> being yeah. some badass with Shawn Michaels. Um but that was, you know, that was all after, you know, Shawn Michaels dropped the whole uh, uh, bodyguard thing from yeah. uh, Diesel. And there was there was a lot going on. But, you know, you had Undertaker, IRS, Diesel, Bret Hart, 123Kid, Bob Holly, Bam Bam Bigelow, Shawn Michaels, British Bulldog, uh, the Brooklyn Brawler, you know, uh, Jeff Jarrett. You know, all those 
kind of things going on at the time. Um, and then WCW wise, I mean, they, they, you had Lex Luger, you know, I think Lex Luger showed up in 90, uh, in September of 95. Nice. Um, Hulk Hogan, Sting, Ric Flair. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there was, you know, it was a pretty influx, but yeah, ECW needed whatever they could to stand out. And that was the only way to stand out was to just beat the hell out of each other and just with everything they had. So, uh, the next one is match interference. Would you consider that guy saying the match continues and the match ends in match interference? No, that's just some – no, because I, I couldn't ECW tell. Was, was he like another referee or was he – I a, don't know, and that's the problem. <laughs> it fucks with me. I thought he was another referee because he looked like he was dressed like a, a hobo anyways. I didn't know what the hell was going on. I thought it was a fan at first. Um, but – yeah, I mean, he got. In, I don't know. It was like he looked like another ref because he had a little bow tie on. But oh, okay. You know. Uh was the crowd fired up? Absolutely. We got the old EC Dub chant. Uh, what else? Oh, did they we get? they they uh, booed a lot. They bullshit. Cheered a lot. This I is mean, bullshit. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's whenever Cactus Jack was getting choked out by barbed wire. Oh God! Yeah, he did. They blows did around his it. throat and his head, and then yeah. he just got tossed out of the ring. And I was like, "Oh Jesus!" And they immediately—that's what cracked me up. They immediately were like, "Okay, he's unresponsive." I ring yeah. the bell. It wasn't even like a ten counter. And he's like, "He's done." Which gets us to the next one: was the match outcome fair? Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> no, no way. They had no idea what the, it was. Terrible story writing. I mean, they could have just let those guys beat the hell out of each other and it just came to a conclusion. Not all this back and forth bullshit, but. Uh, match rating of, I'm going to give this a three out of five. Man. No, uh, actually, you know what? No, two and a half. Okay. Okay. Then I'll do it. We have to do it in quarter increments. Yeah, we can do it in anything you want. <laughs> can we do it in millimeters? Because that's really what I'm going to know. Yes. Um. <laughs> I'd say it flat too for me. I, I it was just they could have made this so much better, and it, it it took everything away from the wrestlers. And you had a referee ripping went, another referee shirt off, and then a referee clotheslining a dude in a suit. And I'm like, it took away from the wrestling part of it altogether, and it pissed me off. So I'd maybe I'll just say two. A lot of blood, cool, some cool hard hardcore spots. But overall, a two is, I mean, it, it got watered down with that whole taking There's it off the wrestlers. There's much better ECW matches out there. Oh, God, yeah, for sure. Uh, well, now it's time for our weekly pr- throwback promo. And this week, we got Stevie Richards bragging about becoming the ECW Tag Team Champions with Raven <sighs> from July 4th, 1995. We are the champions. We are the champions. We are the champions. No time for losers like you, Public Enemy, because we are the champions. (laughs) Tonight, on this glorious night, Raven and Stevie Richards fulfilled my destiny and became the ECW World Tag Team Champions. The best part was, I got the pin on Public Enemy. 
I pinned none other than the captain of the team, Flyboy, Rocco Rock. In matter of fact, Raven looks so pissed. <laughs> They're just a couple of wusses. What a bunch of pansies. You know, ECW fans, Raven and Stevie Richards are the kind of role models that every little person, every little boy and girl should look up to in this world. <laughs> we represent you. We are the representatives of ECW. Thank you and have a good night. What the fuck? <laughs> that guy's oh, special. Man. Dude, that dude is on some good drugs wow was that his real was that his real hair it had to have been it had to have been that's nuts God. Wow. Is, did did raven not speak at the time at all <laughs> i don't know wow it's just it's just weird because i understand i mean i understand where steven's more fluid maybe on the mic but yeah i don't know raven just looks like the piss off pissed off like older brother in the background i don't know it was so odd <laughs> to me i don't know who the girl was but it didn't matter it just raven was back there do with your his... do your best impression of stevie richards i don't even know how like honestly because most of the stevie richards <laughs> stuff i ever watched was when he was part of like uh was it censored or what was that group he was a part of for a while and the wwf where they they censored everything the, you don't the remember Raven's Nest? The Raven's Nest? Isn't that what? His no, name? no, this wasn't Ra like Raven had the flock in WCW. Oh, but I'm talking like right. Stephen Richards did his own thing later on. Oh, um, I can't even remember him. That's how like unimportant he is. <laughs> I'm, just I'm just being saying, honest. Did he, did he ever? Well, do what? I'm just being honest. Well, I don't understand that. <laughs> I'm just like, but um. I don't know, man. That I mean, he was. Here's my problem too: is like watching that interview. Um, problem I had with it: those tag belts look like they were made out of like plaster. Mm -hmm. uh, those were terrible. And and but you know, I I don't know. I've always known Stephen Richards to have shorter hair. I know you know, in a ponytail. And then when it became, I don't know how you don't remember right to censor that 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 bothers me. <laughs> you don't remember that? You don't remember that group at all? No. The Godfather was in it, and like Val Venus at one point was in it. They Val tried to go and censor Venus. all the crazy shit that they did in WWF, like all the nudity and and uh, and what was really funny was they had their own like theme song, and all it was was like that's all it was. Really, they actually came out to that song. And then they put like a little beat to it, you know? Yeah. But I guess he went from like, you know, lashing out and doing, and he's like, oh, I've changed my ways and I'm this and I'm that. And then he started getting people, like all the people who are pretty outlandish, like Val Venus and the Godfather and all them on board. That's not to get off track. I mean, it's just, it's just weird how he went from real crazy to, to that. But no, I, interview wise, I just wish they would let the Raven talk. Because <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, he he always did those real hardcore poetic like I don't even know what, what you'd call those. Those little uh, he was a very special wrestler. We should probably do a Raven uh, episode 
We could definitely do one about his uh, career in ECW and WCW. Uh, both very, he wasn't used properly in WWF, so there's no point in talking about that. But no, I think, he I, wasn't. They I, just they just cycled out all his shit that he used to do. Yeah. So I think his, we may, should do something to highlight his career. Yeah, as long as you don't add in the uh, the Triple H facial hair that he tried to grow out there for a while. I mean, other than that, it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> He, seriously, I remember he tried to grow chops and all that shit. And I'm like, what in the God's name is nah. going on? Like, just keep the greasy ass mop hair. And you know, that's all you need. That's and a, some jean, you, you know, need. torn up jean jacket stuff Ooh. and the leather jackets. That's all you need, man. That's all you need. <laughs> so, uh, but, you know what time it is? It's newsflash, sucker. You want to do the voice? Newsflash, sucker. So we got three little articles we want to talk about here. First one will be John Moxley talking Speaking out against WWE creative. So mm. since leaving WWE, John Moxley has already claimed the IWGP United States title entered into the G1 tournament and became a major player in AEW. <sighs> Moxley took time to sit down with the horseman and discuss his thoughts on WWE and the uh, catharsis he felt speaking about those problems. The only problem I really had w- with anybody was Vince, Moxley stated. But not even an actual problem if he called me and asked me what I'm doing and how's it's going. It'd be like, what's up, man? It'd be, it would be cool. We have never had a conversation that didn't involve wrestling. It's just creative. It's just creativity. We stopped speaking the same language. Creative problems are not life and death problems. Moxley detailed his problems with WWE creative last month on Jericho's podcast. Uh, despite Moxley being cool with WWE, he understands that the some talent may not feel the way his former show partner, Seth Rollins recently said it was a little presumptuous of Moxley to bash the company that gave him such an opportunity. Regardless, Moxley feels it was healing for him to address the issue. I'm sure I'm going to nongrata there. Moxley guessed for me, the fog is continuously being lifted. I realized how unhappy it would be and how it affected me. I found pro wrestling again. Even when I did the podcast, it had been months of me being silent. People telling me about my career was frustrating hearing everyone talk about what they did not know, what the fuck they are talking about. I could never replicate that podcast. Moxley said the down feelings were feelings that he didn't even recognize he had for WWE. Well, while he had while in WWE, he offered advice for people going through a similar situation. It's an all in hindsight, said Moxley. In the moment, I just felt good to get out. It wasn't even real to me. I, it was just everything is good, punching the clock, working nine to five, living the dream. Once I said it out loud, it became real, but it was all good now. My advice for anyone is if you can identify that, don't be afraid to identify that. Don't be afraid to be honest with the situation. It can only be get, getting better from there. Keeping it to yourself just exasperates the problem. Uh, yeah, uh, John Moxley is literally AEW at this point. He's like their top star. Yeah. He's really uh, allowed to express his hardcore side, and that really makes the shows incredible. No, I, I agree. I mean, that's a, that's that one thing we talked about a couple weeks ago. I, I I don't know why WWE Creative is trying to be so over the top and do the shit they did in the mid-90s that drove a lot of people away. Um, trying to overdo some of these creative aspects of characters and like really just going way off the, the radar with it, like trying to go back to this 70s, 80s, like make a comic book character out of them or something. And I'll tell you what, I, that's, he's one of the wrestlers I felt terrible for uh, in the WWE for like the past six months, watching it off and on. I'm like, he was losing every match and he just looked like he was a jobber, you know, and it sucked. And 
But no, you know, the AEW finally said, hey, how about you just do that thing you used to do that you enjoy doing that you're really good at? Oh, John Moxley? Yeah, do that. And that's... <laughs> It's like, oh, no shit. It's like, why didn't they do that in, you know, the WWE? And it's like, well, they wanted to package it. And and that's the thing I've noticed, too, is with the WWE, everyone has to have a nickname. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, everyone has to be, oh, Becky Lynch is the man and Charlotte Flair is the queen. And everyone, I'm like, no one, you know, and then Flair. what was, Flair. what was D? Woo! 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 Uh, <laughs> So, sorry, it was a flare-up right there. Um, <laughs> but like what, uh, you know, and Dean's was the, what, the the lunatic fringe? Yeah. And I'm like, that was all right for a while, but I mean, he could have really played off that moniker if they wanted to keep it and done the John Moxley thing, but whatever. You know, it just, it didn't work out. But, you know, you can kind of see who's going to win this what game. What it is is what it is. That's exactly it. And that's how the <laughs> WWE should have took it, you know. And, hey, you know, if, if you're going to – you know, people like that will thrive somewhere. And if and if a company like WWE doesn't want them to do it there, then they're going to do it somewhere else. And that's where the money's going to be made, so. Okay. Uh, so, moving on. Uh, Impact news. At the Bash of the Brewery event, it was announced that newly crowned Impact Tag Team Champions, the North, Ethan Page and Josh Alexander, will defend their titles in a triple threat match at Slammiversary against LAX and Rascals. Here is the updated card. Impact World Champion Brian Cage versus Ethan Elgin. X Division Champion Rich Swan versus Johnny Impact. Impact World Tag Team Champion, the North versus ALLAX. Impact Knockout Championships, Monsters Ball, Fatal Four Way. Takia Valkyrie, Taya Valkyrie, Sue Young, Rosemary, and Havoc. Moose versus Rob Van Dam. Sammy Callahan versus Tetra Blankard. And then there's a first blood match with Killer Claus versus uh, Eddie Edwards. So, yeah, that's the new card for the upcoming Impact Slammiversary pay per view. Uh, and now we have some Dustin Rhodes stuff. Uh, I want to be open. I want to open a wrestling school for AEW. So you'll like this. Uh, during a recent interview with Jim Barcelona, Dustin Goldust Rhodes commented wanting to opening a wrestling school for AEW. You can check out the highlights from the interview below. So before we get into this, uh, you think this will be like the WCW camp? What was that called? Uh, was it called the power plant or something? Yeah, some, yeah, that's what it was called. And I think it was in Florida. I feel like this is what, like going to be like that. I mean, why not? I mean, you if you get the right people AEW, in there, yeah. Yeah, AEW has this thing where the wrestlers are allowed to develop their own characters and uh, story arcs. So I think having some uh, a development area like that will just benefit the roster with new and upcoming stars. And that's where WWE really falls off is they don't really bring in new talent or utilize them properly. Uh, I'm going to give an example, Apollo Creed and maybe Neville uh, because both of them have potential Neville being an insane cruiserweight wrestler uh, completely underutilized. Yeah. He had a couple title runs, but I don't think he was really uh, showcased enough. Uh, That cruiserweight title, I feel is more of a fucking joke at this point. It's not well, like it was, it. especially once they created 205 Live. In in my mind, I'm like, that that's never going to work. Like, you got to have them in the mix with all these other wrestlers. You can't just have a show dedicated to Cruiser these high stuff. flyers. I mean, not everyone enjoys it. I do, but I'm like, not 
six straight matches. And the only it, reason know, and we enjoyed it so much is because it reminds of us reminds us of the old WCW cruiserweight stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Let's be honest. But but back to the point where you're saying about the you know the like of all people to open up something like this, like Dustin Rhodes would be interesting for two reasons. He's been in the business so damn long. Yeah. But, you know, he's he's had his fair share of either being, you know, he enjoyed the gold dust character. But then when he wanted to change it, the WWE said, no, we want you to keep doing it. You know? Yeah. He got burnt out on it after, I think, late 90s. You know, they kept wanting it to be like this running kind of nostalgic joke, I thought. Yeah. You know, he tried to change it on his in his random runs in WCW and and, and nothing ever worked. But uh I think he'd be a good person to kind of go by and say, Okay, you need to develop you know as a wrestler and a character and here's what to do. And if you feel at some point it's getting stagnant, you know, feel free to change it, you know, in, in a variety of ways. And I think he'd be the right one to go about it in, in a variety of ways. So Agreed. So he said on his positive memories of Gold Dust. Probably the first couple of years of the Gold Dust character when Gold Dust was really hated because we really yep. just stepping over the line was doing some crazy outlandish things. And you know it was not ready for the public yet, and the public was eating it up and it was fun and it was easy once I found the niche that I wanted to do and how to do things. It became very easy and it was just fun because of because of how it was hated. And I loved being a heel, but the early years of Gold Dust, the Booker T years of course, the R-Truth years and the Cody years, those were the things that kind of stick out in my mind for the fun times I had. And the rest was just filler and a bunch of crap. Yeah. <laughs> then him talking about being a heel, being a heel, that is so much fun in the business. It's a lot easier to be hated than it is to be liked. You can go out there and try your hardest to be liked. But if the crowd doesn't like you for whatever reason, it's a lost cause. That's why being a heel to me is, is so much funner. I'm wanting to develop talent for AEW. And this will kind of expand on what I said earlier. I think I, I was planning on talking to Tony about this i want and i want wanting to open up a wrestling school for quite some time and i think texas will be a good place and a good place for an aew wrestling slash dustin brooks wrestling school to get these kids ready and i would be all for that yes i definitely think they need a place just like the other companies has 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 the other place and i think it's important when you're bringing in talent that that is hungry and young that you need a place to train and learn and learn how to do things properly, learn how to speak properly, learn how to cut your promos and whatever else is offered. Yes, definitely. That is something that I that I think is 100 percent needed. And uh, us here at Jerk the Curtain completely agree with that as well. Yeah, 110 percent, dude. It's not even a question. Mm-hmm. So uh, future uh, episodes, uh, we want to do more ECW type stuff because I truly love but we've been doing a lot of w, uh, WWF and AEW stuff. So what we're going to mm-hmm. do is probably start going to ECW and WCW because that's really what our favorite stuff is with WCW yes. just being Corey shit and <laughs> me being this ECW fucking love th- this crazy shit. Uh, I want to start doing some Dudley Boy matches because they were the gods back then of this fucking crazy table smashing duo that the Dudleys were. And then whenever Spike Dudley came along and everything and Mikey Shipwreck and what was that tall motherfucker? Mike Awesome. My God, was he fucking incredible. I bet he was awesome. Yeah, he's awesome, bro. (laughs) No, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I mean, that's the thing. I think you what was what was ECW on uh, back in the day? TV wise, like station wise. It was it was for local Philly areas, I believe. And I can't remember what their T 
TV deal was at the time. You might have to look that up. Do you, do you have See, that's that's the thing because I, I, I mean, we just had the channels we had at home. So I mean, I was flipping back and forth. I was WCW and WF just back and forth because it was easy to access. Yeah, and it always felt like ECW was on really random stations or i don't know i could never keep up with it i was just stuck on those two plus because your remote would only swap back and forth between two channels yeah so i i just i I had that swap button almost pushed into my remote all the way because i was just swapping back and forth but i do like the fact that you bring up wcw because there's a lot that i recall because man we would reenact monday nitro the next day at school when i was in grade school okay Mm -hmm. so like Monday at lunchtime, you got a bunch of like eight, nine year olds, like, and I'm like setting people up, I'm like, okay, you're so and so, you're so and so, we got to do exactly what they did last night, you know. And so I remember that like very fluid. But you know, the biggest reason I want to talk about it is just because <laughs> that's why. So, <laughs> and I'm a I'm a nut over that stuff, dude. Just, I feel it, you. It's something that stuck with me forever and just the whole premise of it being at the beginning, people, what people hated. I'm like, this is really badass. This is really cool. But then it became like everyone wanted to be, you know, in on it. And everyone was like, well, if you're going to be NWO, you know, then you might as well, you know, be it, you know, for, for life kind of situation. So, yeah. So uh, pre-show, we talked a little bit about some of this ECW stuff with Vince giving them money. So I dug a little bit further into that. And yes, one of Jim Ross mentioned one time that it was his job to write out checks to ECW. And you asked why. So Vince saw ECW as kind of like a Yankees, like the New York Yankees would have their triple A team. So like they would develop people. And then they would eventually make their way to the WWF. Uh, he got Stone Cold's persona in large part because of them. Okay. Uh, he got the Dudley Boys, Mick Foley, and the Big Show all from ECW. Uh, wow. I think he – I can't remember how much money he gave them. Uh, it was, it was much, much, much type of investment stuff, which is probably why he ultimately uh, led to reviving it in 2005. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I bet Paul Heyman loved that, getting that fatty paycheck. Yes. So there's a lot of <clears throat> stuff for you guys to look forward to in upcoming weeks, uh, stuff that we're more passionate about. We're just kind of trying to find our format, and I think we have it now. This is kind of the way it is for every episode. So we're going to keep this going and keep trying our best uh to provide you guys with the, the best quality of show that we can here. So, Corey, do you want to uh, shield the podcast network? Do I? Yes. You know I don't have it written down. <laughs> God damn it. I forgot. I, I can't I know, do anything it's, it's, unless I have a script. So, uh... <laughs> oh, man. Friendly See, you, know, you, can't, you can't give me a bunch of shit about that. Like... <laughs> Like, basically, I just I enjoy hearing you so much. I'm like, well, I don't know what else to say, you know. So let's let me be the little 
uh, shill whore that I am, just a friendly reminder that the Jerk the Curtain podcast is part of the Do Back Discussion podcast network. Featuring other great podcasts such as the Dubek Discussion Podcast, the Gorenmore Podcast sponsored by Cabin 13, the Wicked Wednesdays Podcast sponsored by HorrorMerch.com, the Hall of Heroes Podcast, the Rabbit Hole Podcast, and Dream Warrior Review, all of which you can find on iTunes. Hi, what? No, I'm just listening. I was like, see, that went hard at all. You did a, you did a great job. All of not which- even done. I just wanted to interrupt you. <laughs> Fuck you. All of which you can find on Spotify, Google Play, and iTunes, and of course, dobackdiscussion.net, your home for all your pop culture and entertainment needs, and so much more. And you can find our t-shirt designs on tpublic.com, search Dubac Discussion, and or a specific podcast title. You should be able to find them there. Uh... Catch the Jerk the Curtain podcast every Sunday. It'll be up at some point. Just make sure you subscribe on your podcast provider of choice. Thank you guys for listening to another, 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 (laughs) another motherfucker, uh, wonderful episode of the Jerk the Curtain podcast. And you jerk offs out there, thank you for listening. Thank you. Well, and and remember, when you're with Jerk the Curtain, you're with the Jerk the Curtain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have any message out there for Dale? Or Man, no, actually. Uh, He's going through some stuff right now. No, he is. He is. But um, he had some family stuff going on this weekend, man. So just a uh, shout out to Dale. Uh, he was really cool about joining us last week. He had some issues going on. and It's only became a little bit more dire and depressing for him. But um. Dude's a strong cat. He's a badass dude. So um, he's going to come out like he normally does and then just get back into in the swing of things. But uh, I really do appreciate him coming out last week and doing a show for us uh, last or doing yeah. a show with us last second, regardless of his mood. And uh, just uh, heads up to that guy. You know, if you guys can just think about him, whatever, we'll bring him back on soon when he's back up and at it and see what he's up to. But in the meantime, you know, he's just probably going to be squaring away a lot of sculpting stuff for cabin 13. So, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's going through some stuff like we all, like we all do occasionally, but it'll come out better for it. Absolutely. We love you, Dale. And we're here for you. Love you, man. (laughs) Uh, Kaufman, you want to do your outro guys? This is the mid South maniac signing off. Have a great weekend and happy bladed 4th of July. Yeet skeet. Don't call me Pete.